0: action fanatics welcome to another edition of the bulletproof podcast i am your host chris the brain joining me as always my colleague and co-host mr chad cruz chad we've made it to episode three
1: this is Three more episodes than I thought we'd ever get to,
0: and they say third time's the charm. We've got mm-hmm. a special guest with us for this episode. It is the one and the only, Mr. Michael Worth. Michael, how are you?
2: Wait a minute. This is the third one you guys have done. That's right. Oh my god, that's, that's pretty good. crazy. Well, hey, look, you know, all right. I thought it was like a hundred and third, but that's that's. I'm good.
1: You no, know, this is. You'll think favorite. it's only the first one in a few minutes.
2: That's, <laughs> that's right. Well, thanks for my- inviting me.
0: Absolutely. And, of course, Michael Wirth, actor, filmmaker, Bruce Bruceploitation expert. We're going to be talking about one of your famous films from the 1990s. Uh, but right now you've got a campaign going on, uh, Indiegogo, for a fantastic book. I love the name of it, Martial Art.
2: No, Perfect.
0: Feet. Perfect. Puntastic, if you will. Uh, all about Bruceploitation movie posters. And again, you are the expert in Bruceblotation. Oh
2: well, I don't know about the expert. I think I've been I've been watching it long enough, I guess, to make me that. But yeah, um, we have this. uh, We're trying to get. I'm trying to raise enough to just get it published in a a really nice hardcover, coffee table sized book. Which is, you know, when I looked at originally, this was what I was going to do with the book that I wrote uh, that's getting published next year. I tried to do an art book of all the posters I have because they're all you know stored in my somewhere in my closet or, you know, up on a couple of posters on the wall. I was like, they shouldn't be sitting here. This is Everybody should see these things. There's some wild, wild, crazy, amazing <laughs> posters. And so I went around to these publishing houses and said, Hey, were you interested in there? all nah, nah, nah. But then one, one came along and said, Hey, if you write about it, we'll, we'll publish that. So kind of went into that the last five years. And then I came back to, it and I thought, God, these posters are too cool, man. I got to get these things out. So we're doing it through Indiegogo to see if we can raise enough via the uh, crowdsourcing to get it
0: out there. And yeah, I mean, Bruce Ploitation, those movies. I mean, the posters reflect what those movies are, which are insanity at times. Uh, oh you know. God,
2: some of it terribly so. Yeah.
0: You got but like you know, at the same
2: like- time, the other, the other thing at the same time is is that there's actually the birth of a many a, a great filmmaker and actor and choreographer that came out of these films. So historically yeah. they have some place in kung fu cinema
0: and the creativity like how do we make the people think this is bruce lee without necessarily saying this is bruce lee you know kind right. of getting around that doing the little legal uh tango there
2: oh yeah the best was before game of death came out with the way they would just always make you think you're going to see game of death they kept sticking bruce Lee in that track suit and putting him on the posters and you'd go in there thinking that's what you're about to see
1: I love when you're looking at the posters and, you know, obviously the different spellings, how many different ta- ways we can spell Lee or how many ways we can write dragon in a movie.
2: But yeah, the, the titles, titles to- are so good. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. Totally, man. They just use the word enter or use the word mm-hmm. dragon or fist or whatever. And in fact, in the book that I that I wrote, I went through a list of all the films prior to Bruce Lee and after Bruce Lee that used all of his – Uh, titles of his, you know, the wordings from his titles. And it like grew by about eight times, you know, (laughs) so it's pretty funny.
0: Yeah. I think my favorite is the double one, enter the game of death.
2: Right. Uh, What a film that is. They
0: they doubled down on that one. We're going to use two names and jam them together. Perfect.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The advertising got pretty raunchy at times. I mean, even, uh, even the one Ron Van Cleef did at one point, they put out a poster Uh, Neil Adams drew that has a photo of Bruce Lee on the autopsy table that was used in
0: the bottom corner (laughs) just just horrible yeah I I, oh yeah that's a bad one that's a bad one so one of the great things about this too Michael is I mean this has been a pretty much a lifelong obsession of yours that you are now turning into sharing with the world which I think is you know just awesome
2: you know, I've had a number of these compartmentalized sort of interests in my life, whether it was cinema or acting or c- competition with martial arts or in some cases these kung fu movies and and as I've progressed this career I've I've tried to think more and more about well, why don't I just start, you know, reaching into this dark closet and pull some of this stuff out and 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 you know, right and, and use it in the in more of an entrepreneur way, you know, and I and I've got a couple of companies i'm working with where we're we've, you know pearl river collection is one of them it's a we're starting to go into films that have yet to be or in some cases never even been released on home video and and find film prints get them scanned put them out on special editions on blu-ray and get them out for everybody to see because when i was doing this um documentary with uh, severin uh, films on Bruce Ploitation, you know we went to taiwan and south korea and hong kong and in search of finding these film prints and interviewing a lot of the filmmakers that were in the in the films and I started to realize how scarce these movies were you'd go to the film archives and when I went in there with Lisa Nam who directed um, exit the dragon or the tiger and hot Cool and the vicious and we'd sit down to watch some of his films on uh, on the uh, movie they had in there and they were just trashed and this is the film archives so I just I came back and I just said you know we gotta we gotta just start digging up film prints and and saving them before all you have is these crappy YouTube versions that uh, exist today. Plenty so anyways, of I mean, up. yeah, so I've been trying to sort of delve into this area of my life that I, you know, just was there for fun. You know, I grew up watching these kung fu movies and, and thinking at first as a nine, ten year old that I was going to see Bruce Lee movies and <laughs> and in in sort of an indirect way became a fan of these films just because these the films that I grew up on constantly thinking I was gonna go see the young Bruce or, you know, Bruce and Bolo again or whatever it might have been and found out, you know, five minutes into it, wait a minute, this is that Bruce Lai guy or that Dragon Lee guy or whoever it was. But you know, as time went by I started to develop this incredible affection for them to you know, this last to this day, you know, as bad as some of them are, and some of them are horrendous. You know, the clones of Bruce Lee, which is just like a terribly made, manufactured film. But at the same time, it's such a perfect living example of the the genre itself, you know, where you have this mad doctor who creates these clones of Bruce Lee that end up turning on him in the end, you know, and it's sort of like the genre itself, you know, it just sort of <laughs> imploded on itself. But anyways, yeah, it's it's great to I never thought I would be doing this but you know I realized there's a fan base for them and there's people that love them so I thought okay well let's 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 get on it
1: it's funny because there are so many actors who have had a, a a lasting legacy you know decades after they died but not many of them had actual living people living that legacy after they died
2: No. Yeah, sure. They, it's, 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 I think it's one of a kind to be honest with you. You know, you get, you know, you get the black exploitations or non exploitations or whatever these other, you know, the Italian Westerns that basically started to imitate themselves, but there hasn't really been one on a person, you know, they kind of did with Jackie Chan a little bit, but it just never took on the same, the same tone. But yeah, this was, I think it was a kind of a one of a kind, one of a kind moment, you know, that he made such an impact and, and I think brought the, the genre to international audiences you know, through his, his special charisma that it just, I think everybody just tried to jump on that bandwagon for the next decade.
0: Right. They didn't want to leave the money on the table because obviously there was a huge audience for Bruce Lee.
2: Yeah. And, and it's sort of like, you know, the comic book thing where you have these incarnations and these sort of um, concepts where you, you know, the Hulk's going to fight, you know, Iron Man or whatever. And that's what they just started to do with Bruce Lee. Eventually, you know, they started put pinning Bruce Lee against, you know, Bolo, which never took place in Under the Dragon, or you know, Bruce Lee would be like Indiana Jones and Bruce Lee in New Guinea, or you know, uh, you know they do all these strange uh, and, and Bruce versus Jackie Chan. You know, I mean, they would do this kind of stuff, and yeah, it was it's, it's really interesting. I mean, it's if when you sit down and look at it and how and why they made these films, and just that one man kind of you know got this this going, this whole entire subgenre. It's pretty wild. And Bruce Lee in
0: New Guinea. I'm glad you brought that up because he does. It's Bruce Lye, so it's not Bruce Lee. And I don't even think it takes place in New Guinea, does it?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, no, actually, I think they shot some of it in okay, New Guinea. All right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not, probably not, they went there and shot four days on a beach and
0: then came back. But yeah, the beach with the guy in the gorilla suit. And, and, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. You're thinking of, I think, Bruce Lee the Invincible, where he fights the two gorillas.
0: Uh, of course, the other big part of your Bruce Bruceploitation love is you are one of the hosts on the uh, Clones cast with our good friend Matthew Whitaker. Um,
2: oh, Matthew, yes.
0: Obviously, you guys do the deep dive into various Bruceploitation movies, and we're going to be kind of doing that with one of your movies a little bit later on. But how do you enjoy uh, hosting a podcast?
2: You know, it, it, I was talking to Matthew. I went on his his show, and hes I think I did one of the Bruce Lee movies they were doing, and, and – um, and then he said, hey, do you want to do a, a podcast? And I was like, well, you know, I mean, I don't know if – what are we going to do, you know? And it's like, well, let's just uh, – you know, we start talking about doing the Bruce Plotation thing. And I thought – I kind of like was like, nah, I don't know, at first. And then I, and as I kind of slept on it a couple of days, I was like, you know what? I love these movies. I mean, to get together once or twice a month and just talk about them. I thought that would be a lot of fun and kind of expose them a little bit. And we were – I was already in the full swing of of – working with these um, distribution companies on trying to get some of these film prints I've got a you know a stack of old and pretty rare film 35 millimeter film prints of some of these movies and I you know again it's it's like I, I wanted I'd rather get them scanned and released in some form or another uh, than just sitting in the closet but the reason I, I I have them is because for that reason, it's like, I wanted to save them from, you know, being one, like one, I have a copy of Bruce Lee's greatest revenge that I retrieved from an old Italian uh, cinema that was, it it was so, it was like dusty and just this terrible rusted out can. And I was like, I'm going to save this film, you know? (laughs) Right. So So you're the real Indiana Jones is what you're saying. What's that? You are the real Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's right. The Indiana (laughs) Jones of crappy movies. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, that's there. You go.
0: Yeah, well, and I'll tell you what, I love the Clones cast. I, I guess I shouldn't say thank it's you. my favorite movie podcast anymore since I'm hosting this one, but I'm going to still say that's I, right. I, I love Whoa. the Clones cast. Um, and again, if you guys want to uh, contribute to the campaign, I think you're over the third third of the way there now. Uh, as we're recording this,
2: yes. Thank you for going back to that. I really, yeah. So if, if if this is out while we're still out there, I'm, I'm just trying to raise enough to print a minimum of these books in a quality that I know people will appreciate, you know, because I can I could go out and try to do thirty of them, but the problem is with the cost of printing, unless you break a hundred, you end up, you know, it'll end up costing more to do thirty than a hundred. Right. So we're really just trying to get these These things scanned in high definition, get them on large enough paper, quality paper and a quality book that, you know, everybody can, who don't, can't afford to maybe go out and buy the posters or haven't even seen some of these posters nobody's ever seen because I was pulling them directly from the movie theaters as a kid, most of them. Um, you know, there was a Chinese theater called the Great Star Theater in San Francisco. I used to go to the Lux Theater in Oakland, um, the Market Street in St. Francis. Ca- I, you know, I caught the tail end of this sort of grindhouse explosion of these films because I started watching them so young. And I would just go up to the theater owner and say, can I have the posters? And they, they were throwing them out. So I would got, wow. I, you know, getting them. So I've had, I've got a probably about 100 to 150 of these things. And I've had them since, you know, since the early 80s.
0: And, of course, you can find the link at Bruce Lee Clones on Twitter. We will also put the link on BulletproofAction.com and on our Twitter at BulletproofPod. Uh, so, again, if you can contribute or at least sh- spread the word.
2: Share it. Yeah, yeah, spread the word. Share it. It's Christmas time
1: coming up. And, you know, That's you true. Friends, family members that are big action fans. I mean, what what better gift than the gift of <laughs> the Bruce Lee
2: clone? The The gift of Bruce. There you go.
0: I love it. I I, I know I have contributed. I am looking forward. I hope this thing happens. And uh, yeah, I might get a new coffee table because I don't think the coffee table I have (laughs) is good (laughs) enough
2: for this book. That's true. I don't think it is. I promise you. I promise you. It won't be. This will will be something.
0: All right. Well, uh, another project I know you've been talking about, uh, Butterfly Guard. Any news on that?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the sound mix. We've got the I got the music going right now. It's one of we I've got a couple of films that I've been shooting over the last few. Well, we haven't been shooting; they've actually were shot a while back. But being independent films, where you know we're we're sort of doing them with a small group of investors, and and in many cases it, it comes down to you know to I, I'm not interested in just kind of cranking it out and bypassing certain post production things like color and sound. So we spend a little bit more time on it and sort of nitpick at it and and try to get it done inexpensively enough so that i would that is going to be one film the butterfly guard that i'm hoping will be out by february or march so that would be my my goal with it and um as are the other films bring me the head of lance henrickson oh yeah um the sugar moon tribe you know we've got you know we've got a couple of films that are *Appleseed*, which is i think will probably be out by january so i mean we've got a number of projects that have been sitting there on our our post-production house shelf and they're coming
0: all right. I am looking forward to all of them. And uh, I'm also looking forward to getting into the, our discussion about 1995's Fists of Iron. Now, this is a one. I love this film. I, I have, Was I in that? You oh, yeah, were in it. Right oh, you sure were. <laughs> uh, you did got, take
1: quite a few shots to
2: the head, so maybe you've forgotten. That's, that could be, yeah, Matthias.
0: <laughs> I've got the uh, VHS. I've got the Laserdisc. I've got the International oh, yeah, the DVD, which of course was released as oh, Enter wow. the Shoot Fighter. That's right. I also had, and I, I will underline, had the poster and an interesting story about my oh, Fist boy. of Iron poster. <laughs> Mr. Michael Worth, uh, you know, I, I reached out to him. And that's one of the great things about social media, you know, along with things like the Indiegogo, where you can kind of crowdfund things, you can actually interact with celebrities, movie stars, action stars. And here I, here I had the good fortune of mm-hmm. Michael Worth reaching out because I did a review of one of his movies. I've done a review of many of your movies at this point. but So that kind of got us talking, and I had mentioned, hey, I've got this poster. Would you, you know, be so kind, sir, kind, sir, to autograph it for me? And, of course, Michael Worth, being the wonderful human being he is, said, sure thing get it out to me we'll make this happen Uh, so uh, i sent it out and you know i was excited i was all hyped chad you probably remember uh, i was hyped
1: oh i remember like i was
0: i was i'm like oh this is gonna be so awesome i'm gonna get it framed i'm gonna have to change the whole again it's again i'm gonna have to change the whole office when this is gonna be the centerpiece
2: i may have to get off this podcast in a second Uh, it's all right uh so
0: then (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm so, and then people would be, did you get that poster yet? And I'm like, well, come The man's busy. As you mentioned, you got about 5,015 movies you're shooting at any given time. Plus there's the whole California aspect of it. You know, you've heard the term a New York minute. Well, I think a Los Angeles minute is like about 15 minutes of a New York minute. So I'm like, there's time. There's there's a little bit more Mm -hmm. laid back out there. But finally, the day came. I pull in from work. I see the tube sitting by my front door and i'm like oh here it is and i get the tube inside i unwrap unroll them and no no autograph (laughs) and i'm looking around for cameras or something i'm like i'm getting punked here or something somebody's playing a trick on me so that that that's the end of the story it's a sad story
2: yeah uh, you know what? The autograph is really small and it's in the black. So it's just very hard to see on the black <laughs> of the top. I, I, I just that, I Let me just say something. I can't, I'm not going to blame any people I'm working with or any of the organizers of our stuff. I will take full responsibility, but I will promise you this, and I'm doing this on your podcast, that by podcast four, you will have your Oh, host. yeah. Ooh, oh, holy. yeah. Just don't record it tonight. Oh, Okay. okay yeah but, <laughs> but you will may have not it. have a voice by then
0: yeah i may not we'll we'll see but all right i appreciate i do not you know not to put you on blast mr word no, no no it's
2: quite all right sometimes he just des- the person deserves it and i deserve it in this case so He's you guys been are great confronting you for a while now
0: what don't don't lie chad all right <laughs> let's talk now about 1995's fist of iron we're gonna ask you some hard-hitting questions michael
2: this, the original title was going to be Iron Fist, oh. but then they 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 got caught up with the comic book, so they couldn't do it. Oh. They tried to do it that way. So. Plus,
0: you wanted to have your own uh, Bruce Ploitation like title. That's right. No, Ooh, I, I wanted yeah. to call
2: it Fists of Jello, but they they stuck with Fist of Iron.
0: <laughs> and this one uh, came after your kind. You had your three picture deal with uh, PM Entertainment.
2: Yeah, I'd actually just come back from doing my first season of Acapulco Heat. And I came back and Richard who had worked at PM at the time, he called me up and said, Hey, I got the script. you want to, you want to do this? And I was kind of, I was like, at first I was like, I got the series and I'm going to go back and do it again. Do I want to do another kickboxing or I get in the ring? And, and I just kind of molded it over a little bit, but then when I started reading it, I was like, you know, it's kind of a fun character. And it's, you know, I just sort of got wrapped up into the story a little bit and, and I'd always wanted to work with Richard. I'd, I've known him for a few years and, um, I just I just went, all right, let's let's go do it. Marshall Teague was gonna be and I love Marshall oh, Teague. Awesome. I mean I not knew him at the time. I I 'cause I hadn't met him yet, but um I was so familiar with Roadhouse, et cetera, and I just was like, Okay, I gotta I gotta do this. So that's what that's what it was. It was right after I'd come back from um Acapulco Heat.
0: And that was of course director Richard Munchkin. I have a, a Richard question. How tall is he?
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's not. He's not. Uh, he's not as tall as Matias, um, Let's put it that all way. Right. All right. No, Richard's not a very, very large man, but he makes up for it in his personality. It outside. Really it'd just be awesome guy. if he
0: had that name and he was like seven feet tall. I, I just think that.
2: I, yeah. I don't even know if that's his real name. To be honest with you, I kind of think that he kind of absorbed um, that. As I'm not, I'm not even positive that's his actual
0: last name. <laughs> well, that that might make some sense too. And yeah, Marshall. Teague, you mentioned him. Of course you would work with him again, uh, for us seals Two, which is another yep. fantastic Michael worth. And thing. I
2: actually had written Marshall apart in ghost rock, um, for the sheriff that, that was in the film, but he ended up, oh, I can't remember what he ended up having to go do, but he
0: had to go do. Probably something, a Walker, so Texas it, Ranger. Yeah. I think he was in about 18 Probably. of those.
2: 200 F- episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So fist of iron, you play a, a mechanic with an engineering mm-hmm. degree, I believe. And, uh, they don't waste any time. They get you in a fight right away. You got, you have an unhappy patron who thinks he's hearing something and you you get in a fight right there at work. Then after work, you go to the bar and you get in another fight. I love (laughs) that. They just managed to get you guys in fights no matter what the scenario.
2: It's true. And you know, what's really sad is at this point, those, both those guys are now passed away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's uh but, uh, yeah, that, that, and that was kind of one of the, the appeals of the movie, too, was there was this lighthearted sort of co- you know, light comedy to these all this, these fight scenarios. You know, I wasn't just playing some badass Don the Dragon Wilson that drops in and beats everybody up. You know, I'm getting my butt kicked through most right. of it. So it's, it was kind of – I, I kind of like that aspect of and that's,
0: it. And that's where you – at the bar uh, is where you kind of meet Sam J. Jones' character and Eric Lee's character uh, for the first mm-hmm. time, and they kind of – you know. They, yeah they kind of think you're a joke at that point i believe
2: and i i think those two guys are the the, the standout for the movie for me you know their their relationship is just such a strange pairing and it just really you know really worked i thought in fact i i mean not to sidetrack this but i had i had came came back to richard afterwards and came up with a sequel just based on these two guys and uh we were almost got it into production actually oh
0: Fists of Iron, 2?
2: Yeah. I would have. L- I said I was only going to do it if I could bring those two yeah. guys back because they were so good. They
0: were. They were a, a, a key piece of it. But Chad, I know you yep. saw you saw this for the first time actually this week.
1: Yeah, it was just one of those movies that was uh, surprisingly I missed it. It's you know throughout my my formative years in the ninety in the eighties and nineties, um, somehow I missed the movie. So uh, when 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 Brain told me that. The Michael Wirth is going to be on the podcast. I was like, well, I have to watch this one because I knew how much Brian loved the film, and and I've always been a big, huge fan of Matthias Hughes. Hmm. So, um, oh man,
2: um, funny story, I, funny I story about Matthias is that he um, when he when they told me he was going to be in it. I was like, because I, I only see him in films at that point. I was like, "Oh, this guy's going to be such a jerk." I could just, I was just like, "On this guy is going to be just." I could just tell he's going to be one of those cocky, big, muscly guys. Right. <laughs> he ended up being the most hilarious, funniest, unassuming just almost, I remember we were doing our fight scenes and I go, okay, you ready Matisse? Ready to go? he's like, okay, but don't hit this part of my body. I just had a surgery done here. I'm like, okay. And I go, you ready? And and he goes, it also don't, this part of my arm, I had a shot here yesterday and I was like, don't hit me. It was like, where can I, can I touch you anywhere? (laughs) He was just hilarious. He'd act like a little kid when he got the fight choreography, right? And jump up and down. He's great. I love that guy. Yeah.
1: And he was still pretty new to the, to the action film game at that point, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, I mean, he'd done, I come in peace with Dolph and and some other people, but yeah, I mean, he he was, I don't think he'd taken on the persona he had later.
1: And he didn't have that, the the martial arts background that you had. Um, Yeah, no,
2: he was, I think he was movie faking it through a little bit. I mean, I just say that because I don't think his, I don't think he, we ever talked much about his background. So I think it might've been, you know, more learned for the films. Yeah. Like I
0: know in his book, which is out now, if you want to check Amazon. I know, I haven't seen that yet. Um, he mentions basically when he showed up for his first movie, which was uh, No Retreat, No Surrender 2. Yeah, they just kept mm. him back at the hotel and had, you know, one of the Hong Kong stunt guys there teaching him what he needed to know. So he was learning, kind of learned on the job. No, that's great. That's great.
1: What what really struck me about this film, and, you know, I'm not saying this just because you're here, of course, um, but your character, is, he's likable. And he, oh, he's okay. like... Yeah, he's a likable character who's like, you know you, you come out, you're a mechanic, but you're you're more than a mechanic. You're a father, a loving father. Um, and you have a good relationship with your ex wife. Like there's all these things about the character that you like, and then you also get in a fight every six minutes. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's so right. the action thing
1: is like, Oh, this guy's great. And I love a good pair of suspenders as well. So Oh um, yeah.
0: The nineties fashion is
1: on, on display,
2: it. yes. Wait, did I have suspenders on in this? Yes. I can't remember oh, that. Oh,
1: suspenders. Was I wearing them? You were wearing them, and I, I marked out for them. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: I can't even remember
0: that. It's hilarious. And he's also a very good friend because he's got his Nick Hill, who plays your friend, I believe, Matt, yep. who's who's yep. kind of a troublesome friend. But you stick by him regardless. You go to this fancy party, which is at Marshall Arteaga's house, and that's where we, we see Art Camacho with a small role. I think he's like the valet.
2: Yeah, art was on there helping the choreograph. And
0: uh that's also where we meet Jenny Harrison from uh Three's Company fame. Three's company. Yeah. And uh that's kinda of becomes your romantic interest in the film. And here's a you
2: know, and uh, just on that location of that house, it's kinda of interesting is that it was in Mali you know, most of this was in Malibu and some was in uh, Chatsworth. Um but um Aaron Schiffman who who was a producer, that was his house actually. Oh. And he lived right across the street from Nick Nolte. And so when there was a scene, it was a scene actually with the little girl where the, the girl who plays my daughter comes out and I'm like seeing her for the first time. Nick Nolte was standing there talking to him, watching so, us. And I remember being so nervous, like trying to act in front of Nick Nolte. <laughs> wow.
0: So Jenna Lee Harrison, she, bec- she becomes your, your love interest in the movie. Now, people right. have talked about this, you know, you hear in the interviews all the time. I'm wondering if yours is going to have the same type of response but when you're doing yeah, when it. you're doing a a love-making scene, is it as awkward as everybody says, or were you like, "Yeah, I'm banging Cindy from Three's Company"?
2: <laughs> well, sometimes you have to say that just to get into it, right? Um, yes, that's um, no. It's it, it's not awkward. Pers- it's awkward in its construction because you know you're fitting into specific lights and you're moving around this way or that way, and um, but it's not awkward in the sense of. I don't know. I haven't. I've done a few, but I just can't. I don't think for me it was ever, you know, a weird thing. And she's so cool. You know what I mean? I mean you're just she's like goofy and fun and playful, so you don't feel like it's. Oh God, I'm like all nervous. She's just like, oh, let's go do this. Let's have fun.
1: It, there's a lot of action movies that that kind of they they shove in the the romantic part of the film, yeah, just for maybe a certain segment of the population who may be watching. But this movie, it really it really takes this time with your guys' relationship which yeah, it doesn't seem forced, I guess is how I would put it.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's a, you know, it's a kickboxing movie from the nineties, yeah. got the tropes, et cetera. But I like, you know, you keep pointing out that part of the reason I ended up doing it, you know, cause I wasn't making, you know, a million dollars on the movie, but I just, because I, I liked what Richard was trying to do. And I, I, you know, didn't feel it was just by the numbers. I felt like they were trying to come up with some story, like you said, with a character that people actually enjoyed watching and, and, uh, and it's you know a film where nobody's dying right, like except for right. Nick ends up dying right. right. Yeah, he's the only one that kind of gets a bad bad shot in the movie. But it's not like you know I'm running around with a gun and killing everybody. Right. So right. It's just
0: and, and yeah, I was going to get to that because at this party, you know, Nick kind of gets in the ring with with Matthias's character and uh, ends up dying afterwards because he got beat so bad. Yeah, which
2: which again. That's kind of the cool part of it. You know, he doesn't die right. in this dramatic fashion in the ring with his neck getting snapped. Right. It's sort of like a delayed effect. Right. And he's in that chair on that outside. You know, yeah. That shitty. Uh, yeah. The, the, the trailer. The, 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 the RV <laughs> or the trailer. Yeah. They're going to blow up a little few scenes later.
1: Can I make another connection to Bruce Lee? Cause did he die from a cerebral edema?
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: Your, your friend in the film. Is I, I, I
2: didn't think about that. I mean, I guess it was some kind of head trauma, you know, so maybe that was it. I'm
1: just going to go with that,
2: yeah. Yeah, go with that.
1: <laughs> and the other
0: thing is, it, now it kind of gives you a reason to fight. You're not just getting into fights just yeah. to get in a fight. Now you're like, you want to avenge your, your boy. Um doesn't work out the first time, um, but that's when you kind of get help from Sam and Eric. And now we get our awesome training montages, which are an essential piece to any kickboxing movie ever.
2: Yeah, and of course you get the the elements that are like the training that's not training. let like get that rock, oh, yeah. or that fake rock down the hill yeah. or whatever. And you know?
0: he, that's yeah, where your your character uses his smarts. He's not just a fighter. He's got he's got brains too.
2: That that actual th- their house or his the Sam Jones house was actually on the property of the main house, Marshall Teague's house. It was all one giant property, and that house was where the Nick character, the guy who I fought the, not, not Nick char- the character, Nick, but the actor, Nick, the, who played the guy that, that passed away, who I fought at the, um, at the gas station. He lived there in that house. So he lived on the property. He was an ex football oh, wow. player. So there was, they had, you know, made this script to be shot entirely on this, like 80% on the property there. So,
0: so yeah, cause there's, weren't, wasn't there a scene with the horses as well? Was that all on that property as well? I think you take your daughter. to ride, yeah, yeah, it
2: was. That- um, totally right there.
0: So, of course, this all leads up to what we want to see, which is you versus Matthias and uh I liked that Matthias kept his shirt on the whole time until that final fight. That kind of made that like, okay, this is the main event now. This is the real deal. Oh, he knew what he he knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Chad, what did you think of that I, fight?
1: I was just happy that he I was happy he didn't rip the shirt off cuz that was like a a cool looking shirt. And I was afraid he would tear it uh, because I was like, there's probably not that many of those shirts made. And I that don't was want to get sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably his. Yeah. So uh, oh, the finale is fantastic. Um, the the training up to it, the training with, with Sam and Eric is probably my favorite parts of the film, just because it felt like you were actually learning from them and not yeah. like, like you said, like there are scenes where you're, you're doing stuff that really doesn't impact how a fight would go. But but they're you know like they're imparting wisdom upon you all the way.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, kind of cool. They're two two yeah. tra- trainers, and it's not just the one old master, or, you know, right. Simon Yuen or whoever. You know, it's, it's it's a gruff Sam Jones and a little tiny weird Eric Lee, you know. <laughs> and Eric, <laughs> but you also get to beat the shit out of people, which is even better.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, I was gonna say Eric Lee kind of has that old master from you know the old you know Kung Fu movies where. He- Oh, this guy's got a cane. He, he's he can't do anything, and then oh yeah, he can.
2: Uh
1: huh. Yeah, the, the finale it really amps it up too because you know you talked about how you know you get you get beat up a lot in the film, but uh, one thing I noticed was like the makeup kind of comes more into effect towards the end as well because early in the film you you get hit in the face twenty five times and you <laughs> have a little cut over your eye, and then at the end your eyes are blacking up and there's some there's more blood and I was like okay. Yeah now it's starting yeah, they, to
2: this yeah they had discussed that they said they were even talking about how they wanted to make sure that i got pummeled at the end and that they <laughs> they show and that what you were kind of also leading up to with eric is you know spoiler alert obviously on the movie but i i also loved about it was that after i beat up matthias you know you think the next thing i'm gonna do is get into a fight with marshall teague but instead he knocks me down and eric lee gets to come in and beat up marshall teague so it's such a like a do a machina, you know, where it's like, whoa, what just happened? I wasn't expecting that.
0: Yeah, and of course that that is all part of the story because they had some history with uh, uh, Marshall. His with leg. Marshall, yeah. yeah, the the reason he is walking with the cane is because of Marshall's yeah. uh, character and that. And they like established Marshall as, as the bad guy right away with the blowing up that guy's car right at the beginning. Oh, and, yeah. yeah, they did a great job with him as, as a as a heel or a villain, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a real interesting story about Marshall too, is when we shot this film, this was during the Northridge, big Northridge earthquake that we had out here in California. I don't know if you guys know about this. You look it up to see. It was a huge earthquake. And it was one of the bigger earthquakes that LA had had. And like, I mean, this is when property values right after this thing went down. Everybody was selling their houses for free. Right? It's like, here, take it. It's yours. Um, but um, the next day, no one went to set because the set was just closed down. You couldn't even get to the set because all this roads were closed. And and Marshall had this huge truck, this this four by four. And Marshall is like the characters you see in the movies that you see him in. I mean, he is as tough and as crazy. He's a nice guy, but he is tough and as crazy. His bed flipped over upside down that morning when the earthquake it hit, it hit like four or five in the morning. And he took the truck to work. Like he drove to work the next day. <laughs> Nobody else went to work. It was like, forget this earthquake he took his truck drove there nobody was there and they were like nope sorry we're not shooting today he's like okay he peeled off and went back home but um yeah i was we had the northridge creek right where we were shooting that movie
0: marshall teague you get the perfect attendance award for fist of iron congratulations sir
2: yeah he's he's i love that guy so much man he's just he's a great guy he's another one
0: who's just an awesome follow on social media and always real pleasant with all his fans uh great guy
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you something, you know, and I don't think he'd mind me saying this. It was like, it was really interesting because he's, he's, he's tough and as hard as they come. But when I was shooting US SEALs with him years later, um, I remember we, he and I shared a trailer for the first week or something. And I remember coming in and he just, just was like, he had like a tear in his eye. I mean, he was just like like just I just didn't know what was going on like I wasn't so used to seeing him in this way and I was just like hey man how, are is everything okay and he said he'd just gotten word I remember how he got it at that time cuz we we still didn't have the cell phone deal going on but um this was 99 I guess um he just found out one of his guy his best buddies in Vietnam had just passed away and it was like the only time I'd ever seen him like just traumatized you know and it was was finding out that
0: yeah, I mean that, that again—a great testament to the to the man that he is, uh, Marsh. Yeah.
2: yeah, definitely. Uh, hey, listen, this guy makes his own bullets at home.
0: He does a lot of barbecuing too, from his Facebook. I, I see that too. Uh,
2: I saw the guy a video of him hunting with a a knife a boar. I mean, he has it on video. I was like, man, this guy is about as, as crazy tough as they come. <laughs> he was like, he's like the one guy I've ever done a movies with that I never really would want to get into a fight with. I mean, I'll, I'll fight the rest of them with my hands behind my back, you know, but Marshall Teague, I'm like, no, no, there's no not way. So, you're not coming out alive
0: on that one No,
2: <laughs> I'll bet against him. I'll bet on him against anybody.
0: Another guy I want to point out is one of my favorite extras in movie history, He's the guy with the beard, and he raises the glass as he's watching the fights. I don't know what it is about him, oh, but yeah. he's awesome. And they cut to him several times. He's got like ladies yeah. with him. He's having a great time. He's loving fights. And I also yeah. love the, the notion that, and I don't know how accurate this is, but that the rich and the elite love kickboxing. If you watch enough of these movies, yeah, they, they absolutely love it. They can't get enough. It's true. I don't know if that was accurate, because I've never been rich and elite, but I know I enjoyed them.
2: I mean, I'm sure it's the idea of the Roman thing, you know, where it's like all the elites get to watch the poor people fight and they seek enjoyment from it. And that's that contrast that Richard was going for. But you're right. It's it's always. Yeah. Like
0: you think about Lionheart and the people, you know, the women at the fur coats on.
1: That's the best, too.
0: Just, yeah. Yeah. So many. I mean, yeah. And uh, probably about 15 others that we've reviewed on the site. So. Search kickboxing. You'll probably hear us talking about how rich people love it. Anything more about Fist of Iron on your end, Chad Cruz? Any final thoughts?
1: Well, you know, when I first started the film up, like I said, it took me way too long to watch it, for one, and I apologize for that. But uh, within the first 10 minutes, there was uh, an exploding car and a bar fight. Right. So. Talk about hooking your right. viewer. You're not right? going
0: to shut it off after that. <laughs> Absolutely it. not. That's
1: it, right there. I'm hooked. I'm in.
2: The, the Chatsworth bar fight. Yeah, Mykonos. Was as the name, uh, Stephanos? Yeah. Stephanos. It was, it was like, oh, he was great. That guy. That guy's another tough guy. I remember. He, you know, he was in. It's um, a couple of Van Dam's movies. He's seen pop up in a few of them. Yeah, I want to.
1: I was really hoping that the end of the the fight with uh, Matthias, you would have, he would have maybe punched at you, and you would have just punched his hand to block it with your fists of iron right. and that's just shat- just shattered his hand. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was kind of we the
2: fight was more of a, a foot of iron at the end. Cause we did, <laughs> yeah. you know, the idea was we were trying to get this one interesting shot where I'm like basically nose to nose with him, but I still take my foot and stick it up between us and kick him in the head. You know, that was that sort was of the idea of, of the big, the big uh, shot at the end.
0: All right. Well, again, fist of iron, I think is my favorite. Uh, a Michael Worth movie, although I like quite a few of them, but definitely Fists of Iron, top of the list for me. So it's been great having a chance to actually talk to you about it. Uh, but nah, but before pleasure. we go, I'm going to steal a page shamelessly from Mr. Matthew Whitaker and his Cinema Bushido podcast. We're going to have a little contest between Michael Worth and Chad Cruz, and we're going to see oh boy if you guys are Bruce Lee clones, are you ready, gentlemen? Okay, let's, let's, let's okay. find out. Let's see what else. Okay. So question number one. Michael, you, you can go first since you are the guest. Have you ever played a character or used the alias Bruce, the name Bruce? As an As actor? As an actor or just perhaps checking into the no-tell motel under an assumed name. <laughs> I don't know.
2: I hate to tell you, yeah, I did do it once for um, in, in my film my my filmmaking career. We got a few aliases when I'm working behind the camera sometimes. So, yes, I did. All right, once.
0: Chad, how about you?
2: No,
1: that has never happened.
0: Well, my, 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 you're it? the underdog in this one, Chad.
1: I, I certainly. But am, uh, We'll yeah. see.
0: That that makes it more exciting. All right, question number two: Are you proficient with the nunchaku? And not only that, but I actually own one
2: of Lee's practice pairs that he had. I've got I got it years ago um, from Takikamura, one of his his dear friends. So yes, I would have to say fairly proficient. Chad,
0: are you proficient, or do oh, you boy. would you uh, accidentally hit yourself in the balls?
1: I do have a pair of them, but mm. I am boy. not. <laughs> <you're> not <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have a pair a pair All of right. them. But uh, using one, I would definitely hit the other with them. I am not
0: <laughs> so that, with that's them. another no for Chad. All right.
1: They normally, they normally come out when I've had a few what, too What, the nunchakos? So
0: no, never mind. You know okay. Uh, here's a good one. Have you ever made cat sounds during a fight?
2: Oh, jeez. Well, I hate to say this, but I think in street crimes I was – they pushed me into doing these over the top sounds and I I may I don't know if they were cat sounds though. I might have been a little more karate kid sound. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say no okay. on that one. Yeah, I don't remember I don't remember that
0: one. Street crimes. Yeah. I'm gonna have to rewatch though. Chad, seems like something you would do. I
1: would never well, I've I've been in lots of fights and I've I've lost some of them for sure, but I would never admit to making cat sounds in okay. any of them. Even if I did, I wouldn't okay. admit
0: to it. Well then, you're you still suck. All right, so number four. <laughs> I think I know the answer to this one too. At least one half of it. Have you ever worn a Game of Death style jumpsuit?
2: Oh god, yes. <laughs> I've worn it. Luckily, not on um, professional film, but one of my when I was I started making movies when I was 13 years old, and I would literally write the script, shoot them on Super 8, and I did one called the tofu connection and in it i wore the yellow and black tracksuit that i bought off the back of um fighting stars magazine or black belt magazine or something paid 34.95 for it was so proud of it put it on in the movie so yeah there
0: you go chad
1: i think i ate at a restaurant called tofu connection okay. once <laughs> um so you may you may be uh requesting your your royalties pretty soon Good. but no i have not use- worn the yellow tracksuit. I'm getting my
2: answer. You, you to are. The well, I don't know. I don't I don't know sure if I'm gonna like the answer at the end here.
0: <laughs> uh, number five. Have you ever thumbed your nose, Bruce Lee style? Uh, besides
2: in the mirror, I'm going to say no. Chad.
1: Yeah, I mean that's I, I think that everybody's kinda tried that just kind of watching the movie and seeing if it would look cool, but never in a in a real life. Scenario where, yeah. So I would I would say no because I, I I know Michael's probably done it. I'm sure he's done it. Other than the mirror, right? You
2: That's think? what I'm saying is I think I've just mirrored up. I don't know if I've I've ever like gone out in the open and admitted to such a move. You know, I try not to plagiarize. You know, and and uh, yeah, I think I kept that one. I think That's, that was definitely a bad okay. deal. I
1: can't say yes. I'm going to
2: say All no. All
0: right, number six. Have you ever tried to track finger. down a finger book?
2: <laughs> no, I've never tried to track the down The Kung Fu finger book. finger book.
0: Has anybody found one yet?
2: I've tried to track down a few copies of a film about a finger
0: book, but never right. a finger book, so no. Chad, how about you? Did you find the Kung Fu Finger Book?
1: The Kung Fu Finger Book has never been on my list of things to search All for. Right. Um, as a kid, I was searching... Yeah, we didn't have. We I was searching for kung fu movies in general. Believe it or not, kung fu cinema isn't uh, hugely popular in Southern Ohio. So that was my great search was just seeking out more kung fu films, but never a finger book. I'm sorry to say.
0: Got two more questions here. Have you? These are triple points. No. All right. So. I already know the answer to this one, too. We talked about it before. And, Chad, I'll kind of adjust it for your purposes, give you a fighting okay. chance. But have you ever starred in a movie with a Bruce Lee ripoff name, and we just talked about it? Fists of Iron, Enter the Shoot Fighter. That's a, that's a yes for Michael Worth.
2: God, I would – you know, it's funny. Until you brought it to my attention, I probably would have just said no. So, yeah, you know, but gonna, yeah. How about you,
0: Chad? Did you ever compete on a wrestling event named after Bruce Lee? Did any any promotion ever have like game of death night
1: most of the ones I worked for weren't that imaginative.
0: I'm kind of upset that um, Chad, did you wrestle? Yeah, he, he was, a, I, he was I did. a professional wrestler. I love that. Yep. That's awesome,
1: man. <laughs> I had a, I had a few good years before <laughs> before my retirement.
2: Mm-hmm. But. You gotta go see uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon if you get a chance, go see that movie. The Peanut Butter Falcon it? with Shia okay. LaBeouf. And uh, oh, the guy from Wings—I'm blanking on his name—all of a sudden. But good movie. You guys should see it. Anybody watching this, check it out. it Got a, got a whole wrestling oh, thing yeah. in it. It's great. Right, well, no. That's a new, that's
1: yeah, a new one, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And I'm a. And I never, you know, named a show. I I wish now I did. Um, as a former promoter of such events, uh, I, yeah. I, I failed you there, Chad. So you still. You're to blame. I am to that. blame. All right, last one. And this one I assume when I saw this I believe it was in Bruce Lee the man the myth I assume Michael mm-hmm. Worth had also. had this room in his home Do you have a kung fu laboratory with a mainframe computer in your home
2: No but I will tell you I did buy a tens unit because of that film A tens unit is the electrical impulse that you put you know you put on your muscles and you turn it up and it makes them flex um which is not really comfortable but I did purchase one of those from watching Bruce Lee the man All of myth
0: right it. and yeah I mean see but you didn't have the computer that you punch into
2: no oh. and and yeah, oh. if you guys see um the dragon lives yeah he... which, which is another Bruce lie playing Bruce Lee movie um with him and uh, Karen White who I just recently um interviewed for uh, our documentary that um, there's another machine in that one that plays a much more prominent role where the machine is like, you know, the film's in, taking place in Hong Kong. But the film was the machine was made in America and Bruce becomes obsessed with it because America was bad and the machine was made by America. <laughs> so it's pretty good.
0: All right. Well, the winner, four to nothing. Michael Worth, you are you are 50 percent a Bruce Lee clone, Michael Worth. Oof. Oh, my gosh. It's pretty good. It's not too bad. Not too bad at all. All right. All right. Half, a clone. Half a clone is better than no clone, right, Chad?
1: That's 100% correct. All right.
0: Again, we want to <laughs> remind everybody about the Indiegogo campaign for martial art, the Bruce Voitation poster book. Uh, if you want to contribute or you want to spread the word, the, the link can be found at Bruce Lee Clones on Twitter. You can find it on BulletproofAction.com. You can also find it on our Twitter at BulletproofPod. Uh, anything else you want to plug, Michael? Yeah, just keep your eyes
2: peeled for the Pearl River Collection, which is a, a line of Blu-rays that I'm working with uh, where we're getting film elements and scanning them, 2K scans and putting out beautiful edition Blu-rays with, you know, trying to do film Kung Fu film school in a box with these things and, and be the criterion of Kung Fu movie distributors. Um, so we got a new one, one announcing in the next week. Awesome. Um, and uh, look for Appleseed the movie I wrote, directed and starred in was Rance Howard, Ron Howard's father's last movie that he made a month right before he passed away. And it's coming out. Look for it's coming out in the next uh, month or two. It's a great little road trip, you know, comedy drama. So uh, that's what's coming All up. All right.
0: And I, I did love the Leg Fighters uh, first title in the Pearl Roofer collection. Great stuff. Looking forward to Appleseed. Good. Chad, anything on your end? Anything coming up on our YouTube channel?
1: Um, you know, I'm just kind of playing it by the seat of my pants here. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm super, super busy, not doing cool things like Michael, but, uh, yeah, I, I want to say Michael, like getting these films out. I mean, uh, there's a huge group of, of Kung Fu fans, fans who've been seeking movies out on YouTube and the like for years and finding terrible quality versions of them. So finally getting them on Blu-ray is, I mean, it, it's awesome.
2: No, I love hearing. I mean, I mean, it's just what you guys were talking about earlier when you talked about the things that as a kid, you know, and growing up that, have, you know, pulling these things out of the closet, you know, the, one thing as a filmmaker, I just, I hate seeing films that people put so much effort in disappearing. And then on the other hand, I also love these Kung Fu movies. So I'm, you know, this... This new, I mean, I've been doing it for 10 years, you know, in terms of finding these film prints. But this idea now of trying to get them all made and scanned and corrected and put out in special editions has been a big um, a big part of, a, you know, just trying to, do, trying to do good work with them. And so, um, yeah, we've got some coming out. 2020 is going to be great for some Kung Fu movies because I can tell you I've got already like 15 or 16 of them that we've done that in some cases have never even been seen and um, I'm excited about it. So it'll be fun. So keep you. So just keep, I'm telling you guys buy, if you can buy these things, we can keep them going. Otherwise, you know, they could go to the wayward if we don't, uh, if we don't keep selling them. But uh, so we'll, we'll keep making them as good as we can. This next one that we're announcing, which may be announced by the time you put this podcast out. it's a a pretty good one. So Uh I'm
0: looking forward to it. Thank you, Michael, for coming on the show. Thank you for not blocking me on social media. Thank you for getting me that poster, everything. Uh, been a great episode of the Bulletproof Podcast for Chad Cruz and Michael Wirth. I am Chris the Brain. Join us again for another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.